This is DJ Frankie Frank, and I'm about to play the smooth sounds of Little Mix. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs? A, you know what? I did not prepare a, a special intro for this one, so let's just say a heartbreaking musical misadventure. Uh, I'm Julian Suga. I'm Sasha Otto. I'm Julian Van Overbeck. And joining us... Oh, 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 sir, <laughs> sir, sir, <laughs> sir, sir, you will wait to be introduced. I apologize, but sir. Uh, joining us... Uh, on this very special episode of Did You Bring Earplugs, the Duke of Van Nuys, California, <laughs> Francis Bayona. Say hi to everyone, Francis. Hello. Why the world of podcasts. Hello. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Francis, you, you're, you're joining us under somewhat auspicious circumstances because today we're going to be talking about the band breakups that broke us. The band yeah. breakups that broke our teeny tiny little hearts. And, you know, I think, folks... I think we just throw Francis into the deep end. Francis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just so mean. That's too rude. You're evil. Well, yeah. I, wow. I, I, Ouch. I've, I've heard that he has a lot to say about the, the, the band in question <laughs> that he'll be talking about. Um, I, I was told to clear a, a 30 to 45 minute chunk of the podcast um, for a speech that would involve a lot of, a lot of hot takes, a lot of hard feelings. Um, so Francis, please take us away. Talk for later. (laughs) All right, Francis, what do you got for us? Well, we're talking about band breakups and I don't know if anyone has heard of the great band little mix. Nelson announced that she was leaving the band. Very sad. Oh, heartbreaking. I yeah, know. I, I mean, went the, from a four piece to a three piece. Yeah, yeah, like quite officially too, right? Like I think on on their their Spotify profile, it's just it's just the three of them. I they were- oh, they moved very quickly. Yeah. Uh, she released her little Instagram post as every musician does now, and then all of a sudden, boom, she's out of the picture, got cut, had a whole new image going on. Absolutely <laughs> ruthless. Uh, so for, for maybe some of our listeners who are not familiar with Little Mix, why don't you tell us a little little bit about them? Oh, yes. Well, on a dark, stormy night in 2011, they were born. Um, they were formed uh, on the X Factor UK. They all wanted to be individual Beyonce's, but they all were stronger as a group, and so they formed... 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, where does time go? Right. Yeah, so 10 years oh. ago they formed. It truly flies, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Just like their first single, Wings. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> <laughs> the guest coming in with a hot segue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, for Beyonce's, sounds like uh, like it could be good, could be a nightmare uh, of, of, like, of really strong personalities. 
Yes, yes, yeah. you would think so. But the issue was that none of them were very strong on their own. <laughs> they were they were really <laughs> more like uh, Kelly's or Michelle's that wanted to be. But they were much stronger together than they are apart, mm -hmm. I think. Calling them a group of Kellys and Michelles is a is a brand new low. I and I, I love that this is obviously one of your favorite bands. And you know, it's just like no one can tell you a harsh truth like your family. No one can cut you down to size like a number one fan. And Francis just did that. <laughs> and uh, Francis, can uh, do you know why they're called Little Mix? Because it's not a great name. No, it's not because it sounds like a drink, like a little shot of like green juice. Mm -hmm. um, but they are originally called Rhythmics on the show. That was the name that they chose. And that was copyrighted, it turns out. After, and they found that out, out of, after huh. the first uh, performance. So they had to change their name pretty quickly. Was it because of Eurythmics? You know, I don't even know if it was like a musical situation or if it was another, I think it was another group that was called Rhythmics. Maybe it was a musical group or just a non-profit. I have no, I have no idea, but they had to quickly change their name. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and now, now yeah. to, to take it to a more personal level, how did this departure from this band, you know, make you feel, feel, affect you personally? Um, well, if I ever had an arm cut off of my body, um, that would probably be the equivalent psychologically of Jesse leaving. Wow. Because as much as I have four limbs, Jesse leaving is kind of like amputating a limb that supports a body called Little Mix. And it was very devastating. And then now when you're listening to the newer Little Mix songs, the, the Little Mix trio songs, do you get like phantom Jesse pains? <laughs> well, they have not released any music as a trio. But oh, they interesting. Have performed. Yeah, they have mm. performed as a trio. And yes, it feels like one body is missing. I've got a question. Yes. Somebody pick me. Yeah, Jillian. Jillian. Thank you. Um, I did actually see a performance of them as a three piece on TikTok. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that platform. Um, mm. I'm an avid user. Um, <laughs> however, I saw this performance and it was as a three piece, a little tune called Secret Love. Song, so good. Okay, Secret Love song. I'm so sorry, Francis. All the queers say, hey, 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 um, what an incredible ballad. And I'm sorry. Have you have you seen that? Their voices are incredible in that. And it's live. Yes, they are amazing. I love that song because in every concert, they dedicate that to their LGBTQ fans. And yes, they're amazing singers. They're actually very, very vocally talented. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I was the first performance I ever saw of theirs was actually the uh ooh, what is the Australian uh radio channel where they do like a version? I want to say oh. Alt J, but Alt J is Oh. 
it's something like that. Anyway, yeah, the the radio station that does like a version. But yeah, they they do one of their own songs and then they do a cover. And they were so good in studio when it was just, you know, a very small band, uh, a small like backing band. And then just I I don't know if this was pre or post post breakup. I apologize for not (laughs) noting that more specifically. But they sounded so good. And then uh, I watched a music video and I, I liked I liked that less. I feel like their their voices are so strong that they don't need like a lot of production, which that that type of pop music tends to be pretty pretty heavily produced. I a hundred percent agree with you. Well, it's it's a mix. Sometimes I like the acoustic. What size? What size mix? Is it a medium or large size mix? <laughs> what do you say? I apologize for all of the mixed puns that will be coming in during the next few minutes. Um, but I do like the acoustic mix. But I also feel when I feel a little sassy, I like their hyper-produced, mm-hmm. choreographed uh, performances. So it, they bring both the best of both worlds, I, I would say. Fair. Totally fair. All right. Well, uh, anything else that you want to uh, clue us into regarding Little Mix and their um, amputation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say that I think as a three-piece, they're going to be fine. It's just that they have been together as a four-piece for nine years. So it's going to take a while, I think, wow. for them to. Nine years? That's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wish them all the best. Uh, yes. So <laughs> to... Take the sharpest left turn, possibly in Did You Bring Your Plugs history. Um, I will go next, uh, talking about uh, uh, a little band called The Blood Brothers. Uh, so the Blood Brothers are a post-hardcore band from Seattle. Um, they were active from 1997 to 2007. So, uh, yeah, you know, solid decade under their belts. Um, what can you say about the Blood Brothers? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll try to summarize sort of the 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 space that they occupied in the sort of like, uh, you know, Early two thousand, early to mid two thousands, hardcore punk scene. Uh, so I was an avid reader of the magazine uh, Alternative Press um, at, uh, towards the end of high school and and early after. And uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a fine fine music magazine. But uh, at one point, they sent out a, a reader poll. Um, they were going to do a double cover and feature two bands um, as selected by their readers. And uh, the two bands that were selected were, ooh, I'm forgetting one of them. Well, Hawthorne Heights was one of them, and the other one was an equally as forgettable screamo band. And I was so angry that I wrote a, a, a scathing, scathing email to their editorial staff, lambasting them for not including the Blood, the blood Brothers on this double cover. Wow. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was not reader submitted because that would have made, what was I, what would I have been mad at? That would have been, you know, just mad at the readership. So I was, I was just mad. I was just mad in general. Um, but the Blood Brothers played this like really eclectic, um, weird, experimental uh, uh, version of, of post-hardcore, um, something that 
for my money, there was there was nothing else like. Um, I was lucky enough to see them once opening for AFI at the Universal Amphitheater. Um, now I I, I don't know um, if uh, so they have two lead singers, uh, Jordan Blyly, which is one of the weirdest last names I've ever heard, and Johnny Whitney. Um, I, I I don't know you know either of their deals, but uh, on stage they present as very. Um, uh, uh, like what what is what is this word very uh uh very very fabulous um and this was a k-rock crowd um a k-rock crowd that was there for afi so they got some hate speech yelled at them during this opening performance and they let it roll off their backs so with such class and such tact um at one point uh, a very very angry uh person in the crowd yelled you suck and without missing a beat, Jordan Blylight yelled, no, we don't. And then launched, or like, no, no, we don't. We rock. And then launched into the next song and just ob- obliterated. Just an amazing performance. Um, and I think the the perfor- the tour that I, I most bemoan missing was when they toured with Against Me, um, mm. which I think we've historically <laughs> said is, is you know, a, a favorite of the podcast. Um, yeah. But I just I just think they 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 could have they could have done really interesting things. But uh, to to read on their Wikipedia page, it, it sounds like uh, they just grew apart as as creators, and there was a lot of tension towards the end, um, and no one was really getting what they wanted out of the band. Um, so then they broke up. Apparently, they got back together briefly in 2014 to play some festival dates. Um, the yeah. the FYF Fest, uh, France. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but it's an, it's an LA music festival. Um, one of I'm sure a million that occur every summer. Um, I was unaware that I would have liked to see that, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, they are no longer a going concern. them in when I was in high school at a small venue in Detroit called the Hayloft Mm -hmm. Uh, well Metro Detroit but um I think I saw them a a few times actually and they were incredible really energetic live performers um especially I think I was probably like 14 or 15 when I saw them um incredible really loved laser life it was on like every single one of my teen playlists yeah (laughs) um but I have not heard anyone talk about them since probably 2006, aside from you, Julian. You bring them up more than <laughs> I've ever known. Honestly, I don't even know if I told the people who I went to those shows with if they'd even remember them. <laughs> <laughs> I love your love for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was weird. Like, uh, the people that I used to go to shows with, I feel like we all, there was a there was a consistent fandom throughout. But then, yeah, to your point, Jillian, once you know, I, I got out of that circle, and especially once I moved to to the Midwest, it seems like um, not a lot of love for the for the, the for the Blood Brothers out here, or the mm-hmm. Bread Brothers, if you cannot pronounce words correctly. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> as as a person, um, you know, slouching towards middle age. 
it, sometimes it can be difficult to listen to their album straight through because their music is very assaultive. It's very aggressive and grating sometimes, but I still appreciate the musicianship um, and, and listening to it makes me feel like I'm, I'm grasping onto those last strands of youth. Uh, Francis, as our guest, I, I must ask if, if this is uh, if this is all Latin to you. Have you ever been to a to a punk show? You know what what's what's your closest uh, what's your closest memory associated with this? I have never heard of the Blood Brothers, but I would love to grasp onto those last strands of youth. <laughs> so hard, right? Now. So I kind of want to listen to them. That's, they sound great. All right. Well, you need only listen to this episode when it comes out uh, to to get a little bit of sampling, and and I think I think at that at that point you'll probably know if you want to cons- continue your, your relationship with. You'll probably uh, say the words, "I'm all set." You're <laughs> <laughs> be good to go. I've I've heard thirty seconds of two songs of the Blood Brothers, and uh, I need no more. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Jillian, have we given you a proper runway? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jillian, why don't why don't you uh, why don't you continue our discussion of band breakups that broke us? Okay. Um, so I'm going to be very careful on how I talk about this band because there's Ooh. a lot of controversy around them, and it's understandable. I'm very very let down by this band. I this like breakup broke me for a few different reasons. The same way it broke many of their other fans. I'm talking, of course, about Brand New. Yeah, and and just up top, um, I think as long as everyone is okay with this decision, I think we are going to forego featuring their their music in this episode. Um, You know, yeah, we'll we'll get into it a little bit more, but we 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 just don't want to signal boost um, a band that has gone through some problematic stuff. I don't, and I don't want to like link anything in the post for this either. Cool. Cool. Um, So. They were a, a huge formative band for me. Um, my sister, who isn't very into music anymore, um, I'm thankful that she was when I was like 12 years old because she listened to Brand New and um, like Taking Back Sunday, of course. Um, but she had um, uh, Your Favorite Weapon on our family's computer and our like iTunes library or whatever it mm-hmm. was back then. Um, and I remember listening to it and be like, oh, this is the music I really, really like. This is like, I want more of this. How do I find more of this? And I really didn't have resources to do that back then. So it just led to me listening to um, Your Favorite Weapon over and over. And then in 2003, they released Deja and Tendu. Um, that album is like, I mean, if I listened to that, I could think of a time in my life for every single one of those songs. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> You're taking yeah. very many words out of my brain. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in high school, The Devil and God came out. Um, and that was enormous. Like, even the popular kids in my school listened to that album. Like, I couldn't believe the the amount of growth I saw between albums in this band. And I really kept thinking, like, how can a band like this keep growing and keep going past like my teenage years past their own teenage years like how long until that this inevitably stops but with each album i saw a certain amount of growth that i was like maybe they can sustain this and then in 2016 i'm so sorry my dog got a new toy and i might have to take it away from her briefly um oh god Anyway, in 2016, I believe they went on like a farewell tour. They announced that they were going to 
end or maybe with with that farewell tour they announced that like the end was near because i remember on stage their set had this like big banner that said like brand new 2001 through 2017 or something like that um so they were like planning it for the next year and that show was like a co-headlining tour with Mattis mouse really really good i went with a bunch of my friends who also loved them very much um and then they put out uh science fiction and I wasn't huge on that album. A lot of people loved it. But I was like, you know what? If you're planning on going out, you might as well go out with one last album. And then everything came out about the singer. I'm not even going to say what his name is. He's a piece of shit. Um, and it kind of just ruined everything. It, mm-hmm. I mean, they, there was the planned breakup that was already like, oh, man, this. OK, well, you know, how, how much longer could this have really gone on for? And then there's the end that like really ends it. And in those instances, you're mad because, you know, you think about other girls who are your age that idolized them and you could have very easily been one of them. You could have, you know, gotten too close at a show or something when you were younger or had access to a friend who knew a friend on the inside or something like that. And you just feel for anyone that was victimized by that awful person. And you also kind of feel for the bandmates because they also put a number of years into touring and creating music in this band and they were great contributors to it. I want to hope that they weren't aware of what was going on. And you know what, if they were, then I take that statement back. But if they had no idea and if they thought the best of their friend and and truly didn't know, then I, I really feel for them because I mean, now their discography is just kind of um, tainted. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I mean, I, uh, pretty much all of the experiences that you had, um, I had very similar and even, (laughs) even more recently. Uh, so I, I, I lost a job, um, around the time that science fiction came out and uh, ended up driving Lyft and just like having a very depressed eight months. And there was a song on science fiction that really helped me understand sort of these stages of self-loathing and grief that I was going through. And, you know, I, I can't take that significance away from that song or that album, but uh, you know, (laughs) it's, like you said, it, it's, it's tainted forever. There's, there's no, there's no world where I can voluntarily listen to a brand new song and not have that, you know, at the forefront of my mind. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a shame that we only know now, you know, um, yeah. because brand new is a pretty impactful band. You know, they, like you said, like Deja and Tandu was, was a, a watermark for, like a watershed moment for legitimizing, you know, like second wave emo. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, the really sad thing I think is that that type of behavior is so emblematic of that era of music of mm-hmm. this like commodification of young women. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Re- I can't, you know what, going back to when you were talking about the blood brothers, I mentioned going to a show at this place called the Hayloft and I started going to shows there when I was, like, I don't know, 14 or 15 or something like that. But it was all these like mid-level bands at the time, like Blood Brothers weren't that big of a deal, but they were like big on MySpace. There were a ton of these like MySpace bands there. 
And I remember friends of mine, like getting in the van with these guys, like going to like diners with them after the show and like bragging about it on Monday at school, you know, and I might've been a worrywart back then too, but I never once got in there and I did everything in my power to like convince my friends not to go as well. But there were so many like shady things that like we just, don't know better you know we're told a certain way but you think that you're older than you are and you think you're more mature than you are and you can make these decisions for yourself and just like with a band a band the size of brand new who knows like how many how many people he could have affected you know that's what i saw in in a metro detroit very small venue kind of environment you know Oh yeah, I'm sure it was a it was just a microcosm of the their greater influence. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, uh, any any last words you want to say on this subject, Jillian? Goodbye forever. Yep. All right. Uh, Sasha, why don't you uh, finish off our discussion of band breakups that broke us? Okay. So I picked the band Priest. Priests was formed in Washington, D.C. in 2012, and they announced an indefinite uh, hiatus at the end of 2019. Um, they have insisted that, like, they're not closing off the option of playing together in the future, um, but just not in the foreseeable future, like, not, like, in the next few years or whatever. It sounds like, you know, they're all still working on their own solo stuff. Like I think I saw on social media that Katie, the lead singer of the band is um, possibly working on some solo stuff. So we'll see. Um, But just some history on them and my personal history with them. Uh, I I first heard about them, I think from you, Julian, like I feel like you were texting me about them like, in probably in 2017, uh, just after their first full length was released, um, it's called Nothing Nothing Feels a Lot Natural. Um, I was pretty in love with this album when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I was just really attracted to their like iconoclastic, like eccentric style. And I also just fucking love Katie's voice and her energy. Um, and also the guitarist energy. What's his name again? RL? something like that uh something jaguar yeah 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 he has a Um, he has a cool pseudonym yeah yeah he's great um and i just as like as a chubster myself like as like (laughs) i I have i have some pretty sausagey fingers and he he's a rotund man with with i think a similar similar set of digits and man does he shred he gives he gives me hope yeah (laughs) yeah there you go
more of you, uh, Jaguar, whatever, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, but we've been lucky enough to see them like three times. And I think the first time was at Pitchfork or maybe it was Lincoln Hall. I don't know, I can't remember, but um, I remember actually being really surprised by the crowd at Lincoln, the Lincoln Hall show. Like, I I felt like they were gonna draw like a really big crowd. Like, I think I, I remember us getting there like really early yeah. and like there weren't a lot of people there. I'm like, okay, like maybe it'll fill up, but it didn't really fill up. Um, like, I remember like we went to Heinz that um, we saw Heinz mm-hmm. like a, a couple weeks after that and it was like fucking packed. Really and I was crowded. kind of expecting that for Priest. Yeah. Um, Lincoln Hall is such an interesting venue. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's too fucking crowded and then sometimes oh, it's not there. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, but anyway, that was a really fun show. And um, that album in general just has a lot of fun songs. Um, and I think actually at that show is when we noticed that their original bassist um, Taylor, I think it's Mulitz. Um, he had left the band uh, to focus on his other band, Flasher. Um, and then I think is after their second full-length album, uh, The Seduction in Kansas, was released, they announced um, their indefinite hiatus at the end of that year. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a bummer. I think we were pretty surprised by that news, um, but you know, just maybe wrong time yeah. um, for them to continue to work together. It doesn't sound like there's any like hostility or anything. It just sounds like they weren't in the right like place to work together anymore. Yeah. So, and I can, I can imagine as like, they, they struck me as a pretty like anti-capitalist band. And I imagine yeah. like having right. to maintain a recording career in America, it like it just must conflict automatically with those beliefs. Um, but, it, but yeah, it, it was really disappointing too, because like I, I did not dig seduction of Kansas as much as um, nothing feels natural, yeah. but I thought it was like a really adventurous step to take. It, it, it sounded at, at times like their older stuff, but for the most part was like very, very new. They were dabbling in very interesting, like there were some disco songs on there and like, yeah. it was very yeah. dancey. Um, yeah. and, and it, it was just, it was very adventurous and like it, it signaled what I thought was, or what will hopefully one day again, be like a very bright and, and, and varied future for that band. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just seems like they never, never exactly got their due. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's what happens when there's a sea of fucking punk bands out there. Yeah. You know? That's, that's very yeah. fair. It's very, very fair. But it would be nice to see like them, Mannequin Pussy, and maybe like, I don't know, Destroy Boys on a bill. Like that'd be, oh, that'd be pretty great. That's a good yeah. bill. When, for con- sure. when concerts can be a thing again. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sasha, anything, any last words you want to leave us uh, with about priests? Um, hope that Katie does do some solo stuff. I'd love to hear her voice again. Yeah, same. Sure. All righty. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for our discussion of band breakups that broke band breakups that broke us. <laughs> that's how that sentence goes. Uh, and on each episode, uh, we leave you with a little bit of homework uh, that we like to call songs for your week. <laughs> um, let's go in the same order. Francis, uh, did you bring yeah. a song to recommend today? Yes, it's in my pocket. Let me take it out. Up, oh, I found it. Uh, the song for Little Mix is going to be Sweet Melody. Too many too many times. Too many times. Too many times. Too 
melody by Little Mix. Uh, what 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 kind like where does this fall on on the Little Mix dis, uh, discography? You know, actually, this is probably one of their top five best songs. It has been in the uh, the top ten. Uh, uk music list or whatever for the last <laughs> i think eight weeks wow uh, yeah has some saying power yes it's her number it's their fourth number one nice man isn't it crazy how different the uk music charts are from the united states it feels like they're they're very localized yeah yes sure. uh, the, the the first 10 songs like, i've never heard of any of these people <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, you know, I, I forgot to mention, Fred, so have you seen Little Mix in concert? I have not, but I have bought their uh, concert on Apple TV. Uh-huh. Um, and Same thing. They're amazing. And they're all, all three of, all four of them are Beyonce's. They are all amazing. <laughs> no one cancel me, um, but they are fantastic. <laughs> it sounds like the superest super group. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, so that was Sweet Melody, right? Yes. By Little Mix. By Little Mix. Cool. Uh, So my song for your week is uh, Wildfires by, all caps, SALT. S-A-U-L-T. This is from their 2020 album uh, called Untitled Parentheses Black Is. Uh, Salt is a British music collective um, that there is very little information online about. Their Wikipedia page does not scroll. It's just it's just a page. Um, but they incorporate a, a variety of different sounds, including R&B, soul, house, disco, um, spoken word. Uh, it's crazy. Like, it's... it's the, the, they're fantastic. I, I don't even know who they are because it's it's totally anonymous. Um, but this album, Untitled uh, Princess Black, is is sort of uh, an exploration, almost like chronological, not quite, but like it's an, it's an explore, exploration of a lot of different um, corners of black culture, both in and outside of um, Western culture. Um, it features a, a variety of different uh, vocalists. I don't know who the vocalist on Wildfires is, but uh, she doesn't seem to appear anywhere else on the album. Um, but uh, Wildfires, if I'm interpreting it correctly, is about uh, police brutality, but dressed up in a very seductive um, R&B song. Um, I, this came on, I think, a Discover Weekly or some playlist, and I liked it at first. Like, it, it, has, a, it has an immediately hooky um, uh, bass line and melody, but within the context of the album, it takes on this new meaning because um, the album is such like an exhaustive exploration of all of these different corners of black culture. And it, it just made me love it that much more. Um, so yeah, that's Wildfires by Salt. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Jillian, what do you got for us this week? Mm. Uh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> no, I'm obsessed with this song. I can't stop listening to it. Um, it's by a Brooklyn band called Boyish. The song is called Superstar. 
so good. Um, they've actually put out two albums already. This song they just released on February 5th of this year. It's the first song that they've put out this year. It's not on any album or anything like that. I think it's just a solo release. But um, if this is indicative of like anything else that they're going to put out, I'm going to be very obsessed with this band. And I'd be very surprised if they don't get a lot of recognition soon. Um, the single itself is just really, really good. It the Lyrically, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know if I can talk about it without getting a little bit emotional. So I'm not going to. I'm just going to say, go listen to it. It means a lot to me. It's really good. Cool. Sasha. I'm picking a song called Come Sa by South of France. This artist doesn't really have an album. He kind of just has a bunch of singles and EPs. Um, but this song was released in 2019. And um, it's just like a really fun, like dance pop song. I don't, I feel like I don't really recommend a lot of music like this, mm-hmm. but it, it came up on my, it came up a few years ago or so. Or, um, and it's just like a really fun song to dance to. Um, it, uh, fun fact about it is that it was actually featured on the first episode of season six of Bojack Horseman. So Ooh. I think I actually heard it before that, but um, it's like it's like a montage where like we see Bojack like kind of in his new life or whatever, uh-huh. and it's like this very energetic like song and and you know moment in the show. Um, so it fits really well, but yeah. Um, it's good. Nice. I mean that that is a ringing endorsement, uh, you know, for, for my ears. So I am yeah. looking forward to listening to all of those, folks. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Did You Bring Earplugs? Our theme, as always, is brought to you by Josh Stanley of the band Modaf. You can listen to their stuff at modaff.bandcamp.com, and you can email us. I'm saying the email first because I want some emails, baby. At dybepod at gmail.com. And, you know, while you're on the Internet, go and follow us on Instagram at DYBEpod. And my offer still stands. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, I will sing that review. I will sing it with my human voice into your ears. Is it going to be bad? No one knows. I could be a wonderful singer. I'm not. But I could be. Uh, Francis is... Yes? Sorry, can I just mention... I don't know if you saw... But we did get a message about um, the the last episode from Jackie. Oh, okay. Our good friend Jackie. It's really short, but it just says, you all had such great Ants in Your Pants songs that it got me thinking of what I would pick. It might be cliche or overdone, but I think I'd go with hollow notes, you make my dreams come true. Just That's make me want to get up and do the Carlton dance. <laughs> You know, I think I think we try to adopt a uh, I think we try to adopt a a no guilty pleasures, no shame uh, yeah, uh, view agreed. on the music that we love because it just it, it's the music we love, you know. 
um, as long as, you know, no one's problematic. Um, Francis, are there any final words you would like to leave us for this episode? Well, I would just like to say this has been a great uh, group of people to talk to. It's been very nice. <laughs> Yay. Pleasure is all ours, Thank Francis. you very much yeah. for taking the time. Uh, <laughs> Francis, we, uh, I know personally that you have a very uh, crazy schedule because you are a, a you know in, in the medical profession, and I just want to thank you for being out there and uh, doing everything that you do. Yeah, no problem. I mean, we're all Beyonce's in this world, and um, <laughs> we just got to support each other. So, well, not all of us. Oh, only in this group, though. Not everyone yes. in the world. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, the, yeah. we're four Beyonce's on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> folks, we will talk to you next time. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>